Hey everyone, welcome back to another season of Data Driven Health Radio. I'm your host, Dave Korsunsky. On this show, we speak to the experts and break down the technology and the data that is allowing us to measure, optimize, and understand our health in ways that have never been possible before. This show is for the health hackers, the data nerds, the athletes, the execs, the high performers, and anyone looking to take their health and their game to the next level. Be sure to check out our website and our health analytics app at headsuphealth.com and feel free to shoot us an email, support at headsuphealth.com with any comments, questions, or feedback on this show or our app. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and let's get into our next episode. Welcome, Joel, to the podcast. Thanks, Dave. Good to be here. We've been persistently trying to get this on the calendar. We finally did it. Your hair is not as cool as mine. We've already determined that, but I'm still willing to do the show. So if you would be so kind, give us a brief introduction on yourself, a little bit about what you're working on, and then we're going to start the kibitz officially. Sure. Puppies make me happy because I just can't compete with your hair. I have to cover it up. That's a sweet hat. My kippah for the kibitz. In uh, honor of Rosh Hashanah, I believe. Happy um, New Year, sir. I'm Jew-ish, so I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure it's Rosh Hashanah. I'm in the same boat. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who am I? I am a former engineer in like the American intelligence surveillance space, mm-hmm. Department of Justice, Department of Defense, etc. And just my health was getting increasingly worse. And I eventually resigned to figure it out on my own. And I don't think there is a limit to how much health we can have. I think the sky's limit is a mistake. (laughs) There is no limit. So I'm still figuring it out. But what led me to resign was this thing called ulcerative colitis. Mm -hmm. And uh, I now have Crohn's. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't like saying Crohn's disease. I think disease is... No one really thinks of things... Positive, so I say Crohn's. Yeah, it's a label. It's a label we don't really need. Let's drop it. I agree, and I'm the founder of both One Great Gut PBC, Public Benefit Corporation, and the emerging NGO or nonprofit One Great Gut Foundation. And the intention of One Great Gut was to be the the integrative medicine, the functional medicine, that's like medicine version for those who are living with Crohn's and colitis. And I think I've reached a new peak actually this past weekend, Dave. I was at um a festival called Bhakti Festival. It's like a yoga festival out in Joshua Tree. And numerous people knew of me. It was really, it was really weird. It was, That's so, you got celebrity status, man. I guess, yeah. I mean, it's funny. It feels really odd, but it feels really honoring and great at the same time. The intention was for one great gut to be known and not as much me. So I have to work on that branding, I guess. But it's cool because... We are, um, I'm quite certain we're, we're the largest organization of those who are living with Crohn's and colitis who no longer need pharmaceuticals. Yeah. And well, I think I met four individuals over the weekend of living like that. Pharmace- pharmaceutical free with Crohn's and or ulcerative colitis. Correct. Correct. And, you know, many of us don't. Uh, I was off pharmaceuticals for a while, hit a very stressful thing. Um, now I'm back on. But all of us in the community, we recognize its usefulness and ideally it being a bridge to a life of not needing pharmaceuticals. I hosted the Crohn's and Colitis Summit in 2017, which was awesome. 
Yeah. And like 10,000 people came. It's still available online if someone wants to check it out. Yeah, um, we'd, we'd love to uh, link back to that if the content is still available. Yeah, I'll definitely send you a link. And right now, I think it's 50% off, they said. So that's yep. really cool. Yep. And I am currently in the middle of a launch of something called the One Great Gut Collection, which is basically far above the best gut health thing I've ever created. So the summit was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I recognized some things that were missing in it. And so I put more uh, effort, more content, more love <laughs> at the end of the day into the One Great Gut Collection, which will be launching next month, I think, October. Yeah. So let's loop back to the collection once we set a little more context here. But I'd, I'd like to back up the tape a little bit. And before I do that, if you're watching this interview on YouTube, and all of these interviews are available on YouTube, Joel has a sign in his office that I'm looking at right now. And the sign says, if you were waiting for a sign, this is it. And then below that is a turd. Actually, it's, it's, it's a stuffed, stuffed uh, I don't know what you would call it, stuffed animal type thing that is in the shape of um, actual poo. So that, oh, there it is. And it's now making a cameo appearance on the screen. Jokes aside, we're going to talk a lot about poo, Bristol score, how that relates to gut health. And uh, we'll, we'll nerd out on that stuff later. Before we do that, tell us a little bit about yourself. Born and raised, where are you from? Just a little bit more context on Joel, and then let's, let's, let's get more into your work. Sure. I was born in Spring Valley, New York, which mm-hmm. was renamed to Chestnut Ridge for some reason, the village mm-hmm. of Chestnut Ridge. Yep. It's about 30 miles northwest of New York City. I like to joke that I was essentially raised in the bleachers of Yankee Stadium. I spent a lot of time in Yankee Stadium. I was a huge Yankee fan, basically a bleacher bum. Yep. Um, Sounds fun. It, it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to... Thankfully, I was a Yankee fan because if you go into Yankee Stadium, especially the bleachers, with anything other than Yankee attire, life's not going to be good. No, you're yeah. probably going to get beat up, stabbed, or uh, just, just generally harassed. Uh, at least that's how it was when I lived in Boston and, and you came in with, with, God forbid, a Yankees jersey or um, when I lived in California and you went to a Raiders game with uh, anything other than Raiders gears. You're, you're, you're taking your chances. And it's, it's amazing. God must be guiding me on this path because I've been to Fenway Park wearing Yankee attire and somehow I lived unscathed. So yeah. thank you God for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I grew up outside in Chestnut Ridge, went to SUNY Buffalo for engineering because that's what my parents told me I should do. So I did. <laughs> uh, graduated from with an electrical engineering degree, clear science minor, almost a math uh, minor as well. And then I wound up in the Washington, D.C. area working for Raytheon, uh, E-Systems and got bought out by Raytheon. Mm-hmm. I was lead hardware engineer on basically a wiretapping system yep. that the FBI was using. I don't think they're still using it. And then I was recruited by uh, Temis, which is, uh, again, serving the same industry, Department of Defense, but on the sales engineering side, because apparently... I have a personality. Oh, here's, here's, a, here's is a truth. This is a joke and a truth. Go. So, and how do you tell an extroverted engineer? Hmm. They have um, a ponytail and I don't know. I'm just trying to think of an extroverted engineer. They look at your shoes when they're speaking to you. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that is definitely extroverted as far as engineers go. Far into the spectrum there. Far end. That's kind yes. of 
I usually look, I, you know, I'm, I'm really doing my best right now to look at the webcam, but usually I look at the other person's shoes. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big step, Joel. Really big step. I've done a lot of self-development growth. And I see that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you, you came up in the engineering ranks like myself. And uh, at at what point in your life did you start noticing there were issues related to digestive health or or anything health related that was kind of like your first clue that was it further along in your career? Was it uh, stress induced? Do you have any indications on, tell us how the awareness first developed? Yeah, so that's a key word actually is awareness. So the issues in my tissues, (laughs) I first noticed Mm. when... Just as a kid, I would get these really gnarly stomach aches. I remember just, you know, screaming from my mom and dad, and you know, they'd give me a, a heating, a heated pillow, electric uh, pillow. Old school remedies, yeah. Water, hot water, water bottle, yeah. Yeah, it went away, and you went back to your life, and there were no changes or further discussions. That was, yeah. That was yeah. <laughs> and that kind of continued and on and off, ex- extremely infrequently. The major thing I was getting as a child was headaches. Especially this morning, Dave, when you emailed me, if we're on today, I'm like, I don't know, I got a gnarly headache again. So I'm a little bit slow from some of the medication, but present and there's a sign. I'm like, it says, who needs me to be in my A game? Why is it necessary that I serve with excellence today? So for me, the interpretation is do your best. Just show up and do your best. And you don't need to you know, always cancel things. And I'm not at my A game today, but I'm at the best game I could be at with the tools and knowledge that I have. You look hot for the record and you got a badass baseball cap on and you got, you got the turd in the background. So, I mean, you, you're killing it, bro. Thanks. <laughs> just, just one, sir. I, I, I've released a lot. So I just have one left. Right on. Um, so wait, the headaches. And then, yeah, so it really, it, it happened in 2000. I was living about... In, in eyes distance of a view of the Pentagon. And um, I came home and, you know, as a single guy, there's a, a package from mom, you know, like, so I'm super excited. And it was oatmeal cookies. And I had an oatmeal cookie. My girlfriend had one too. And I ran to the bathroom and just anything I ate thereafter would go right through me and yeah. right through me. And then I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and you know, you go to your regular doctor and they do some tests and he said, Hey, things are fine. Hopefully you're okay. I was like, no, things are not well. So we go to the uh, specialist, the gastroenterologist, who I've never heard of at that point. And it's weird. You go into this office and I'm by far the youngest person by decades. Mm-hmm. And you go into the actual, the room where you're seen and the, the wall is full of these black long tubes. I'm like, I don't know what that's for. Well, I quickly found out what's that for. They do endoscopies and that's where he discovered colitis. And he recommended, um, at that point, it was oral and rectal medication and sent me on my way. And there was no conversation around... Lifestyle lifestyle, modification, diet, diet, stress. What a chronic disease is. So as engineers, I wasn't really too high on vocabulary. Rub some dirt in it and and put me put them back in the game, coach. And that's it. I was ready to move, yeah, I was ready to move on. I mean, the way I was educated and little did I know that it's a lifelong thing. Yeah. And now I see it more as a gift. And so I know when this is totally. off, yeah. there's something that I need to uh, readjust in my life. Could so not I, agree more. What's that? 
I said, I, I, I could not agree more is that it ends up being a gift in the long run because you are forced to learn so much about your physical body and what influences the health of your physical body and you just get really in tune. So it's always a blessing in disguise at the end of the day. So um, I, would, I would agree with that based on my own journey as well. Yeah, I think, I mean, when you're dealing with, you know, and have the viewpoint of suffering and it's not, it's, it's quite natural and easy to have the viewpoint of suffering when you're in ridiculous pain on pain medication or in the bathroom, literally some people go, and I've been over, you know, I've probably hit 20 to 30 in a day. I'm laughing because it's just so ridiculous. And some people hit 50. So to really see a gift in that, super challenging. Like I, I, yeah. I get it. So for the, for the layman's out there, can, can you explain the definition of what colitis is medically? So just the fact that it has itis, I-T-I-S in it, refers to inflammation. So you have uvitis, which is inflammation of the eye. Yep. You have arthritis, maybe the joints. I joints, yep. So ulcerative colitis is inflammation of the uh, colon and ulcer, ulceration. So it, it literally, you uh, obtain these ulcers through different things. And so different things could be something as simple as stress. I know that sounds crazy, but I know in my personal experience, certain things in life, like my TEDx talk, I went into the TEDx talk quite fine. I came out of the TEDx talk bleeding just because of this thing called TEDx. Like there was no food, there was no drink. <laughs> it was it was just me delivering words on a, on a stage, right? Yep. So stress plays a huge part. And also those who have a gift of colitis or Crohn's, you know, the, mis- the, um, the weakest link, as Dr. Tom O'Brien likes to say, our weakest link is our digestive. And so when something is, is stressful in life or a stressful food or a stressful event or a person or a drink, you know, this is where the, the issue is going to be. And plus those who have IBD, uh, so let me rewind. Inflammatory bowel disease is the umbrella. I got you. Yep. And underneath that is colitis and Crohn's, about yep. 50% of each. And about 10 million worldwide are living with Crohn's or colitis. Um, now, is, is this an autoimmune disease, Joel, or is it, is it not autoimmune? Falls under the category of autoimmune. Crohn's is typically, it's funny, you know, in the, in the Western medicine conventional world, they look at Crohn's more as fully affecting the full GI tract. So from tongue, lips, down to anus, that's literally the, the GI tract. And uh, ulcerative colitis is more focused, generalized in the, in the small intestine. Mm-hmm. However, that's not the way you know, a whole systems uh, approach is. When you have this thing, it's, it's affected everywhere, right? So while the extreme inflammation might be in your colon, there, you, know, you might have GERD at some point, or you might have uh, joint issues or what have you, or certain medications may give you moon phase. Prednisone does that. So to say it's localized is not true. Crohn's does have a deeper, it is uh, deeper in the colon, and there are other manifestations that occur for those with Crohn's. Such an uh, example would be perianal disease. So there are things that happen down there that don't occur with those who have colitis versus uh, colitis. What happens down there is something called proctitis, which is inflammation of the, of the rectum. So the last part of the, of the small intestine. So Joel, I have a lot of experience with autoimmune in my own family. We have the, the, the gamut of them with different family members. And, um, you know, in one case, it developed very late in life 
for this specific family member. And it was during a period of, of acute, intense stress, work-related stress. And uh, in other cases, there's, a, there's, there's commonly a, a psycho-spiritual correlation here. And so I'm wondering if you think there was something there for you or if you could share your thoughts. Maybe is there certain genetic predispositions that would trigger? Are there, could it be uh, environmental that we were exposed to? Uh, crap food growing up as a kid. I mean, you're obviously, and, and it may be multi, it may be impossible to say it could be some or all of the above. So if somebody's listening out there and they're, they're trying to basically reverse engineer the situation, how, how would you advise someone to, to start thinking about possible contributors? So I, practice the functional medicine model or the naturopathic model where you, you know, envision a, a tree and the tree is us. So we can choose to be, you know, a strong tree, like an oak or, you know, a weak willow. So that choice is yours. I choose like a a strong oak or a, or a sequoia. And so me being the sequoia tree in the upper portion of the tree, the leaves, the branches, the stretcher, that's where you have all of your symptoms. So you have things like Stomach aches or headaches, ulcers, headache, yeah. any symptom you could think of. Brain fog, whatever. Brain fog, yeah, any of those. Joint pain, what? Any symptom that is off of taking you off your game, where you're not, you know, living your prime, thriving life. And then below that is or is the root system in underground. And I believe that's where you have all the potential root causes. And there's a lot. And it really depends on the individual and which one is the most, you know, screaming the loudest. And I believe Fair just enough. you said the cycle spiritual aspect, you know, there's a, historically speaking, those of Jewish descent are more likely to have this gift of Crohn's or colitis. Well, could that Probably maybe- some interesting theories there, definitely. Right. But with the amount of toxins that now exist in the world, which we just can't escape as, 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 as humans, then it's no longer just Jewish individuals. Every ethnicity, you know, one great God, last I checked, we have 55 countries, people of all walks of life, every, you know, ethnicity and nationality. Um, maybe the Jewish population is still higher, but it's definitely spread out. And of some of those categories in the roots, you'll have things, you know, parasites, infections, lack of movement, obviously mm-hmm. stress, uh, glyphosate, parasites, all of those factor in, gluten. That's um, a good way to look at it. So the roots down there are, are, are the possible root causes. There's, there's myriad at this point in time. And then the symptoms are, are the branches. And, and so that analogy is, um, is very helpful for people who are listening. And, and then trying to approach this from a functional perspective, it sounds like you had a doctor that, that made a a prescriptive recommendation, a drugs or drugs, basically. And so I think the, the, the most important part of this conversation, because this was similar to my journey as well, was um, tell us how you are managing this using functional approaches. I think that's where a lot of the population does not have access to this information. They go to the doctor in their city or town or, or wherever the heck it is, and there's a standard of care that is followed, but there are many ways to manage these these issues as there is any health issue. So can you share about functional approaches for working with IBD-related conditions? 
What does that even yeah, what does it even mean for people who are like, what is that? I'm on some steroids or some whatever. What are you talking about here? How do I do that? Of course. With the launch of the one great gut collection, I have a full training, um, free training that comes just for anyone, whether you purchase the product or not. So some of what I'm sharing comes straight from there. And so I believe that conventional medicine is a big reason why we're in this healthcare, sick care crisis. You know, half of the country is living with autoimmune disease and it's ever increasing, whether it's Crohn's or colitis or others, it's, you know, it's on a... MS, lupus, Wagner's, what the heck, man, they're all over the place. You know, I've... It's... And, autoimmune and, thyroid, Hashimoto's, Jesus, we see... You know, so many people I, I, I speak to, just everyday people getting hit with those, those types of things. Basically, the, the something in the body, the environment is just short-circuiting our immune well, systems. You know, it's interesting because, you know, doctors uh, unfortunately get maybe, if they're lucky, 5% um, of learnings of disease prevention or curing. They learn about synthetic medication, they learn about surgery, but there's no classes on toxins or lifestyle, yet you know, numerous medical studies that show that toxins lifestyle will be a poor driver of health and disease. And as a matter of fact, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services to the 86% of diseases are chronic and lifestyle driven. So keeping that in mind, functional medicine has a lot of education around diet, mm -hmm. around lifestyle, and more so how can we determine through testing, you know, test own guess, which one of those branches might be weak and needs uh, addressing. So there are different tests that you can run to figure out what's going on right now and then what can you do to strengthen or repair it. It could be supplementation. It could be... I'm, I'm, I'm a big biohacker, so it could yep. be technology, yep. right? Maybe an ozone machine, maybe a hyperic oxygen chamber. You know, what could you use? What's in have you done those modalities? Yeah, I have an ozone machine here and I actually have a hyperic oxygen chamber uh, on its way. Yeah. Um, thank you, God, for the money I made as an engineer because yep. they're helping me get well again. Yep. And ozone is known to kill pathogens on contact. And so the different ways that you can take it in from water. Um, I've done ozone IV and oh. uh, IV therapy where you go and, and you sit there and they do the whole intravenous ozone. Uh, I do that as just a regular proactive thing uh, mm -hmm. that, I, that I work on. I, I've also got through some of my own functional diagnostic testing, there's uh, some uh, some indications, not pronounced, but uh, potentially mold, yeast, fungal stuff that I just want to stay on top of. So I do use ozone. I tried hyperbaric uh, for the first time at the conference in London, just a 15-minute session. But these are all coming down in price where, where they're not completely out of range. And, and there's places, the, the naturopathic clinic half a mile from my house, I can go there and get a hyperbaric and an ozone and, and all the blood testing I want. You know, they're, they're not going to say, well, there's no code for this. So it's, it's becoming more accessible, these new types of therapies. Yeah. And I, I like you, have had mold um, issues in the past. I was severely injured by both mold and, and that V word, vaccines, which mm -hmm. just, it was just not right for, for my body. Yes. It's a lot of time. Actually, I want to circle back for a second. You mentioned all these diseases are increasing and you know, you mentioned family members. Well, I have something here that I want to share. This is from one of Dr. Tom O'Brien's book. I think it's the autoimmune fix. I forgot which one. 
but it's just, it explains it beautifully. And so it explains why sometimes we're hit really hard, fast and quick. And it's, you know, for some people with Crohn's or colitis, you go quick from seemingly nothing going on to all of a sudden gnarly symptoms and the necessity of a colostomy bag because shit got bad that fast and rapidly. And I've experienced that exact same thing where it's like one day riding bikes, next day in the hospital, and it's like full immunosuppressant type, type situation within like a matter of a few days. And so I believe when we really are sl- we slow down and we live a more mindful and intentional life, th- that stuff is less likely to happen. So for example, in my case, I was getting stomach aches as a kid. I was getting headaches as a child. This is before I was a yoga or meditation teacher. I didn't know what those words were. And so I believe if I really slowed down and listened to my body, I would have heard a lot more signs. I would have felt a lot more signs that just I just wasn't aware to think of. And the reason why it's important is, so Tom explains, you know, first there's cellular damage, then there's tissue damage, then there's organ inflammation. So maybe at that point you might feel something. Then there's organ damage. Then he says you have symptoms. Well, wow, that's you know, powerful. If you can be more mindful and really tune into your body and listen, you might feel it early on. But you go from cellular damage, tissue damage, organ inflammation, organ damage, symptoms, then you get diagnosed. So there's all these phases before you even notice anything. Depending on how much of a non-intentional lifestyle you live, maybe you're you know, amped up on a lot of caffeine or maybe you're just escaping being in your body and living in your head and then you're, you're going to be less in tune with those symptoms. Yep. And sometimes those symptoms are so prevalent that you know, a lot of people take painkillers every day. So you're, or, or maybe it's alcohol or, or maybe it's television or whatever it is. You're numbing the, 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 your system, your body. You, you can't actually feel it. There's Recently, I saw this freaking, uh, it made me so angry, this picture on a website or a t-shirt, vitamin I. I didn't know this was a thing. Vitamin I being ibuprofen. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, let's not, that's not, a, that's not a vitamin. We shouldn't be, you know, like, yes, grateful that maybe someone can use that and not be in pain, but let's not give it this award that it's a vitamin. Yep. It's not. It's actually pulling vitamins out of your body. Yep. So I believe when you're taking more of those NSAIDs, which then actually can lead to heart issues, can lead to ulcers, you're masking your symptoms. You're not feeling. And I think the more we can feel, then when we go to the right doctor, the doctor who asks the right questions for the, you know, the right amount of time, right? Conventional medicine, you see a, a provider and I think the average is 11 minutes yep. to spend with them. And studies show that they, this was a big study they did with a lot of specialists. You get interrupted within the first two, three minutes. So, you know, if, if we have more time that we're allowed to explain what's going on to our car mechanic than we do to our doctor, our most important vehicle that we own doesn't really get serviced in the right way. Yep. And so that's another difference between functional and conventional functional medicine doctors, naturopathic integrative, you know, my first visit with my first integrative gastroenterologist back in 2012, it was an hour visit. And she was very knowledgeable on synthetic medications, but she was also extremely knowledgeable on lifestyle and diet and mindset, all of that. Literally got, for for me, because I was already a yoga teacher, I literally had a prescription for certain yoga poses because that that was best for what what I needed. Yeah. 
green smoothies. I learned of fluoride and the Brita filter not being enough. It was, it was a totally different appointment than, than conventional. Um, That's good. Uh, yeah. That, that makes me think back to like, I, I, I just kind of feel lucky. You know, I, I went to um, one of Dave Asprey's first conferences. This was back in 2012. There was like 30 people there. Now, now it's massive in Pasadena with thousands of people, but there just happened to be a functional medicine doctor there. And uh, I'd, I'd never even heard of these people before. I was just a guy who went to the regular doctor and I was just a knucklehead and probably oblivious to a lot of stuff myself. <laughs> but there, there were some things that needed attention. And, and then, like you said, I went to this guy's office. We sat there for an hour. We went over all these lab tests. We did some testing that was not, not part of the regular protocol, digestive health, looking deeper at the thyroid. And it was just a totally different way of, of thinking about health. So I was, I was lucky that I, I found these people. But if, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to have someone to talk to in functional medicine, I think that's the hardest part. How does someone even get started? I know there's, there's the IFM website, Institute for Functional Medicine. But if you're listening and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm intrigued. I am interested in functional approaches for this. Where would people start? Obviously, we're going to talk about your resources, but just in general, functional practitioners. Yeah. So I've been on this journey for a while and I've seen probably 150 practitioners, Mm -hmm. uh, at least, and a lot of money. And so I recognize how can I help others save time and money and I have to go through all this guessing game. And so, yes, you know, uh, IFM is a great resource. They have a free practitioner listing on there. You can even go to, I forget the nonprofit, but there's, there are companies in the naturopathic space who yep. list all the naturopathic doctors. But just like everything, you have to do your due diligence. And mm-hmm. you know, I like to work with the best, so I don't have to waste time, I guess. And so that's where I've created the One Great Gut Network because... I recognize that Crohn's and colitis is a little bit different than working with other conditions. So in the cool. network, you know, I vet or in the community vets certain practitioners and, you know, you can look at Google reviews and Yelp, but often those are uh, pay to play sometimes and they're not exactly fully transparent and accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just want to get started, IFM is, is a great resource. Also, A4M. A4M is another great organization. They're yeah, about- familiar with them. Yep anti-aging, regenerative medicine. They have a good listing. So any of the doctors or practitioners who are trained in anything of that ilk will likely be listed on those, on those websites. And this is pretty cool is you can, you, most of those doctors work remote. So you might have to see them once, you may not, uh, depending on how they operate. But yeah. You know, now with Skype and you can work from anywhere in the world. with. Uh, yeah, I use Skype with my functional doctor. Uh, works great. So um, this is data-driven health radio, after all. So um, I'm interested, Joel, in a couple things. One is, uh, what type of functional testing is commonly deployed in, in the diagnostic process here and then in, in the follow-up process? I know there's things like uh, organic acid testing and stuff like that that, that might be helpful. That, that's not stuff you're going to get from the regular GP. So um, a little bit about the, uh, the tests, the diagnostic tests that you recommend and then also a little bit about the measurements we can track at home, heart, HRV, uh, getting good night's sleep, uh, blood sugar type things. Uh, so um, maybe you can just comment on, on some of the things that, that you monitor. Yeah. So on the testing side, getting a good landscape of how does your microbiome look? 
And so I like the company just that they're testing. I think it's Thrive, T-H-Y-R-V-E. Mm-hmm. They test your stool. Mm-hmm. And then based on what you have going on, they recommend a probiotic, a custom probiotic that, that they make. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really helpful. That's cool. So they'll look specifically at where your flora is in terms of which good ones are, are underrepresented and, and which bad ones are overrepresented and then they'll, they'll customize. That's pretty cool. Correct. Yep. That's a really good one. Diagnostic Solutions has a test called CytoDX that's really helpful. That checks your inflammation markers, which is really important for those with IBD because a lot of the medications are taken to suppress inflammation. So whether it's TNF-alpha or some of the interleukins, the cytokines, not every doctor will order that for you. So on my website, right on the front page, there's a link to labs that I relationships with that you can order this on your own. Cool. And for example, I at one point was prescribed Remicade, mm-hmm. which suppresses TNF-alpha. Well, thank God I was working with a functional medicine nurse at the time and we checked my TNF-alpha right before the day before or day of, I had my first Remicade um, infusion. And lo and behold, I failed Remicade. Well, that's because my TNF-alpha was not elevated. And so it really wasn't... Indi- in the functional medicine world, I don't believe it was even indicated for me to go on that. In the conventional medicine world, they don't check for those markers and correlate the two. Mm-hmm. And so if you have... Uh, then I had colitis. Remicade is the next thing in, in line, I believe, because I wasn't responding very well to the lower medications. Now I'm on Stellara, which is the perfect medication for someone who has not too high TNF-alpha, but elevated interleukins. Got you. And so CytoDX is a great test. And then also great labs have numerous great, numerous tests, um, things they check for, uh, mycotoxins. Great planes, you mean? Great planes, yeah, yep. sorry. Mycoto- yeah, I've done the mycotox one. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. they've got some good stuff. It's like glyphosate testing, environmental. So I, I learned I actually have a boatload of mycotoxins in me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, going back to the um, hyperoxygen chamber, you know, Dr. Daniel Amen. Yeah, um, I've read I've read some of his material. He's a big proponent of that, and a friend of mine showed me his brain scans that he did with Dr. Amen, and so you can see his before, and you can see his after. Of I think he did forty sessions, and it's just night and day. Of, of the, the irregularities that were f- filled in due to 40 sessions of HBOT. Wow, man. I would love to get to the point where I can get to 40 sessions. I've only done one little teaser session. Just, in, just intuitively, I understand that I want that for my own personal health. I, I think I may have fried a, a few brain cells during, during my younger days of, uh, of the wildlife. So I think that would be helpful. I also think it's just something I want to employ for general health. But how does hyperbaric, maybe you can speak to those two, hyperbaric and um, ozone specifically for IBD. What do do they do exactly? How do they help? Well, um, so... Are they something you'd recommend to everyone with these conditions? I know some people who use uh, ozone on, on the regular to, to stay regular. And that's with, with the gut being, you know, maybe there's some food that you ate that, you know, since you may not have the, the strong, uh, as strong microbiome as somebody else to be able to, 
you know, take care of those nasty critters, ozone does that for you quickly. So I know mm-hmm. people who literally do a, a rectal ozone every morning. Just, you know, this person actually has colitis. He's been off medication for a while. And that's just one of his things to, he does on, on the daily. Yep. And it's pretty easy to do with the machine and, you know, the, the tank. And then also you can do, uh, you can drink water. You can drink ozone water. Mm-hmm. And so it more takes care of the upper GI versus the rectal RI, rectal inflation, they call it, take care of lower GI. And then actually they have ozone uh, topicals. And I have links on the resource page of our website. So the topicals are really good for maybe for your teeth, for brushing, for your gums, but also for fistulas. Fistulas are something that often those with Crohn's um, get, which is basically, they're gnarly. So, you know, typically you have one exit down there. Mm-hmm. And that, that's your that's your anus, that's your mm-hmm. rectum. Well, mm-hmm. when you have inflammation that exists and it, it's trying to seek a way out of the body, it'll make these passages, which are pretty small, but then they'll come through the other end. So you'll get, you know, for women sometimes they're in they're in their vagina, and for men and or women it's just somewhere on on the on the behind. And so you'll get these micro fissures, but also fistulas. And so those are fairly hard to heal. And, you know, surgeons believe that the only way to heal them is surgery. Um, unfortunately, uh, surgery leads often to the, ne- the, the necessity of additional surgeries. Yep. And so it doesn't heal the root cause either. So there are a bunch of natural things such as the ozone topicals, which really help, but also HBLT. Right, hyperbaric. So I myself, a bunch of micro fistulas. I had an amazing, lovely surgeon who told me that the only way to heal is surgery. So I just love attempting to prove that. <laughs> challenge accepted. Challenge accepted, sir. Yeah. <laughs> when someone says it's the only way. Exactly, to man. I'd be the same. That was an issue. Yeah. And actually, Dave, the phone call was so great because I, I tried to get him to at least admit that there might be the possibility of another way. And then at some point he's like, look, Joel, you know, you want to have a good relationship with your surgeon. And at that point I knew you're not my surgeon, sir. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, these are important. So so there's the topical ozones, the uh, IV ozone. There's also rectal, which is easier to administer. My sister's a naturopathic doctor up in Canada. So so she administers a lot of ozone for, for a wide range of treatments. And she's the one who kicked my ass and told me to go get it just, just for general health yeah. problems. And those can help with a lot of, let's just say perhaps uh, pathogens or toxins in the body or, or just things that, especially if you're, um, you're um, microbiome compromised, that, that can help to basically um, take care of a lot of those invaders, I guess, you, if you will. And now with the um, hyperbaric, I didn't realize that, that that also had a similar uh, immune boost, boosting effect. I th- can, can you under, help us understand how that therapy helps? I'm still learning the hyperbaric. I don't have the machine yet, but I've done some education from that gentleman at, at Mindshare, actually. I purchased from him and I'll probably be a distributor just because I really anticipate loving the technology, especially with seeing just before and after brain scan. So the brain, you know, as we get older, just it's not as healthy as it was when we were younger mold and other toxins. So how can bong, I... Bong resin. Uh, oh, is there one in the background? Where do you see that? Uh, I'm speaking hypothetically, of course. Oh. Oh, I can neither yeah. confirm nor deny. 
No, yeah. that would never be done here. No, no. <laughs> um, uh, but 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 uh, CBDs in general and and other types of uh, medicinal cannabis is is that something that's on the table here? So it's controversial. I know Dr. Amen actually is is against. Um, he believes that's more harmful than not. I, I believe. Um, I'm of the personal mindset that anything that we can do to help us feel better and potentially get off of pharmaceuticals because of the unknown side effects, because of the known side effects, because of the fact that often they only publish the studies that are in favor of the product. There are so many examples I can share of where doctors just found negative results for a product and then that whole study just got flushed down the toilet. It's just what, what about anecdotally? I mean, are you aware of people using like full plant extract, 100% yeah, so pure, pure CBD, no psychoactives, just, just high-grade CBD? Um, I don't know anyone who just uses CBD and that being sufficient. Or, or complementary as part of their protocol. Are you seeing so, CBD so as part of the protocol? For some people, it's part of their protocol. Um, I find medical marijuana to be more helpful for most, and that might be because of the stress mitigation. I think marijuana has a stronger anti-stress effect than CBD. I know for me, that's the fact. I actually, I know we had the bong joke, the bong joke. I actually personally don't enjoy marijuana that much. Every now and then, I'll typically ramp it up only if I'm really off and I need kind of, kind of a reset, whether it's stress, whether it's inflammation. Some of the topicals are very helpful. There's a, I think Papa, I forgot the brand, but it's a, um, you know, the gut, when the gut gets super stressed, then peristalsis slows down and you have less quality bowel movements mm-hmm. and they're more infrequent and they, they could be rushed. They could be full of blood or the wrong bristle spores we'll share shortly. So relaxing the gut is really helpful. There's many ways you can do that. And one of them is, is a topical marijuana salve that I'll use sometimes. Okay. Um, that, that was a bit of a tangent. I interrupted you on the uh, HBOT. I yeah. just wonder, I, I, I take CBD oil every single day, zero psychoactive properties whatsoever. So um, I, I just use it because I believe in the benefits of endocannabinoids, the endocannabinoid system. And uh, I just wondered if you'd come across it in your travels at all. You know, for myself, I've, I've used it and it's, for me, it's most helpful before sleep. Got you. I find it most helpful. Okay. Um, on hyperbaric, so I'm looking at, at my notes here. So my understanding is in, where's the number? Yeah. So when you are using just the chamber, you have 25% more absorption than you do in just without the chamber. And then when you add other devices, such as a concentrator or maybe a mask, you can get up to 35 or even 40, almost 45% concentration of um, high quality uh, oxygen. And so, you know, if you think back to maybe if you've been to Vegas and you're partying too much and felt hungover, had a headache, you have those um, oxygen bars. Those, um, for me, those have been helpful once I had a really gnarly headache and -hmm. just the oxygen bar helped. And so now you're taking this level of absorption of higher quality oxygen and you're putting it on all of your body, including maybe you have micro fistulas, mm-hmm. maybe you have something down by the rectum, maybe you have something down you know, up here and you're breathing it in 
And when you have that mask, it even increases the effect. So now it's more of a systemic effect from top and bottom. I love it. Yep. So we've, we've covered a few good ones here. We've talked about um, ozone in, in whatever delivery format you, you want to use and can afford and, and is accessible to you. We've uh, talked about potentially using um, high-quality CBDs, hyperbaric oxygen. What about on the, um, the dietary side? There's, there's obviously a huge component of this that are related to inflammatory foods and um, probably something related to whacked out blood sugar levels. So um, on the dietary side, I mean, there's obviously getting onto a, 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 a grain-free, gluten-free, dairy-free template of some kind. Is it a one-size-fits-all or do people send, tend to have to modify and customize based on their own situation? I know that's a huge topic, probably a whole show, but um, just on, on the nutritional side, if you could touch on that one really briefly here, again, just for people who are still on the standard American diet, have not been given a good nutritional strategy in, in these situations, what would be like the, the level one ad- advice there? So I'm glad you brought that up. So standard American diet is the sad diet. Mm-hmm. And it's what is marketed to us from just... TV commercials, big ag and you know, too much sugar. It's just very damaging to the microbiome, to the, your whole body for longevity, for health, for mindset, for everything. So now that we know the standard American or even a standard Australian, they're both sad diets. Mm-hmm. They're both the wrong diet. What's the right diet? And so I believe that people, um, I myself have found it useful to let science be my map and intuition be my compass. Mm-hmm. So what do I mean by that? Well, there's a lot of compelling science that shows this diet works, whether it's CD or GAPS or Ayurvedic or carnivore even is, is the latest one that's very popular for people where it's literally no fruits and vegetables and, and just meat products. And it reverses some autoimmune conditions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now that we know we have all these helpful diets, you know, paleo, paleo, IP, I can go on and on, which one is good for you? Well, I believe that belief is a big part of it. and using your intuition to guide which one do you want to experiment with. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that can really halt any sort of issues really fast is fasting and or uh, elemental or elimination diet, Mm -hmm. just to really put it. and, And they're not all, they're all challenging, but if you want to avoid a potential hospital stay or surgery or biologics or, or worse, one of those three should be, um, started immediately. And so fasting uh, should probably be under the guidance of a a practitioner. Uh, I have an example. It's it's unfortunately a sad example of someone who came to me a couple years ago. She wasn't doing well and asked what I recommend. I said, go to my my then naturopath. And she went to her and naturopath recommended a particular style of fasting. And when she checked in with her husband, and when she checked in with her conventional doctor, they both said, that's ridiculous. And so she chose not to. And unfortunately, she needed then medication and I believe surgery um, that she was trying to avoid. So I don't know. We don't know if the fasting would have helped, but it, I don't think it would have hurt. And so there's dry fasting, there's wet fasting, there's different things. I personally have used the elemental diet. So we saw the product on our website um, the product um, that I like is from uh, ITI, Integrative Therapeutics. It's called the Physician Elemental Diet. And it 
does taste pretty good. You know, the first time I had it, it tasted like pina colada or birthday cake. But like anything, I know it sounds glamorous, but you're gonna, if you're going to have birthday cake for 10 days or for a month, you're going to get tired of it. It's just yep. fact. Yep. But it's super helpful. So it's basically all of the immune, amino uh, acids broken down into a powder form, and you just have that throughout the day. That's and I'll sometimes bring that with me to, if I'm out in the town and I'm not sure what food might be there, I'll sometimes have that with me just in case. And so it's not the most glamorous diet. It's, it's literally like a, a powder, but it is very helpful to arrest any sort of you know, inflammation, hyperinflammation, or just feeling digestive off. And it's going to take a while to kick in. It helped me avoid biologics on my first hospital stay. It, it has some studies show it has higher efficacy of Remicade. For, for example. Cool. Okay. And then you have other diets like SCD and paleo. And um, if you enjoy cooking, those are, are great. And you'll spend time in the kitchen. You'll make delicious recipes that your friends are going to love. And those are also really great at halting any of the infl- 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 inflammatory uh, process. And if you're a lazy bachelor, uh, then you, you, you do probably go more carnivore like me. Where uh, For me, it's pretty much uh, some protein, steak, fish, whatever, veggies. That's it. So anyhow, there's, there's a lot of strategies there, depending on how you want to attack it. There is one that's going to work for you. So I, I like your analogy using uh, science and intuition collectively. So um, we could probably talk in depth about that a lot. So we've, we've talked about really getting to some of the main functional approaches. I'm sure there's more. And I think that's a good segue into your work. So as we uh, wrap up here, you're, you're obviously inspired to share a lot of information to help people uh, short circuit a lot of trial and error, which is awesome, and get access to resources. And presumably, that's uh, the One Great Cut collection and your website. So for people listening and they, and they want to get access to this information, how should they get started? Yeah, if anyone's still listening this long in, they're really interested. And of they course, were- they're listening and they're watching on YouTube. A couple good-looking guys, you know, talking about all this cool stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, they're, they're captivated, Joel. I, I can assure you of that. Well, on the edge of their seats with my hat and your hair, of course, even at the 57 minute mark riveted. (laughs) Yeah. So I hosted the the sun before the collection is it's pretty rad. So basically I reached out to a lot of my health and wellness expert friends. I said, Hey, I'm creating this thing. I want to put the best resources, basically the all inclusive digital library. And so I think we have something like 20 PDFs, seven interviews that I conducted just because I love the networking aspect and love learning from the best. And the feedback I got from the summit was 92% of those enjoyed my unique interviewing style. Mm-hmm. And so there are numerous interviews there, for example, with my integrative gastroenterologist is one of them. And she doesn't just talk about medication. We talk about emotions. Yeah. Emotions can affect your... your Man, having a having strong meditation game. You know, uh, that, that that's a big one right there. Just, just getting your mind under control. Like 20 minutes of meditation before... I just got back. I was on the road for three weeks and I'm back into a steady meditation game. And uh, that alone could be a, a difference maker. So, Steve, are, you saying, are you saying meditation is not possible when you travel? I have a very hard time doing it in a hotel room or where, wherever I am. And when I get back into my home, it's just I have my dead designated area and I just fall right back into routine. I, I, I struggle to do it on the road just because it feels weird in hotel rooms for some reason. Yeah. Routines and habits are a big part of my teachings, and they're they're very very important. And yes, yeah. they do get shuffled when we're in different spots. Yeah. Um, but 
I, I personally find when I'm more on my meditation game, just life is just easier. And for those struggling or living with certain autoimmune Crohn's colitis, it's often not sufficient. And so meditation is one aspect, but there are other ways to go deeper yeah. and help the emotional state, for example. And so those are some of the gifts coming with the collection. What else is there? There's PDFs. There's, oh, there's like 15 different coupons that um, I've negotiated with certain companies, again, to, to save money, save, save time. And many of those who contributed are either practitioners who work successfully uh, uh, with those who have IBD. They may be practitioners who solve their own IBD problem yep. or their patients who've shared their, their journey. So you got the best of the best resources. This is this is your uh, lifetime of of trial and error, evaluating products, educating yourself. So I mean, that's an incredibly valuable resource if people don't have to go do all this work themselves because it could be discouraging, and um, it could just take you a lot longer to get to results. And it's just fucking overwhelming, man. You go out there on the Google and and start trying to figure this stuff out. So one great gut collection is where we should where we should start. Yeah, and Google, you know, it's interesting with Google. Google is unfortunately now censoring information. I've heard this. Yes, 50, um, 50 attorney generals from fifty states are going after them for antitrust uh, violations. So hopefully that'll make things more more balanced. Um, and often on, on Google, I mean, to to give credit to you know on Google, you're going to find very helpful information, you're going to find very harmful information. So it's really, how do you decipher what's um, helpful and what's not? Mm -hmm. And so that's what I've attempted to do by bringing all of these individuals who I've personally vetted. And, you know, there are many individuals didn't make the cut for the collection. And it kind of goes back to what we were sharing earlier, when someone dogmatically believes, embodies and teaches that only one way is the answer. And yep. I don't believe, I think that's where you throw someone for a loop, whether it's medication. Um, yeah, diet, immediately skeptical. Yeah, yeah. Dogma, like you're out. And here's the coolest thing, Dave. So after the collection, um, we are relaunching. So One Great Gut 2.0 is coming out. And I can't share too much about it right now, but there's really cool things coming to really up-level the community, to up-level our visuals, and shifting to more of a decentralized platform because I kind of fell into the... To the ego trap. Like I shared that at that festival and everyone knew about me. And it was like, you know, it feeds the ego and it feeds so good. But from day one, that's not what this is about. This is about the community. Yeah. So I'm really shifting everything back to the community. And I just happen to be, I feel like, I know it sounds really maybe wacky, but I feel like God is driving me on this journey that yeah. to, to create this, to create this resource. And, you know, right now, I think while we are, Last I checked, maybe 20,969 was the last number I checked of how large we are. Yeah. That's great, but we're still only 3% of those who have IBD worldwide. And so really need to up my game up. And that's where One Great Gut 2.0 is going to have a lot of fun and cool and things for everybody. Well, we will support your great work in any way we can, sir. It's been wonderful having you. It's been a really nice kibitz. Uh, the first of many, perhaps we, we probably could have talked a lot more about some of these subjects, but just an introduction to functional approaches for IBD, I think is a good place to start. So I'm looking forward to continuing our friendship, sir, and our collaboration in lots of different ways. And I know you weren't feeling hundred percent. So, uh, thanks for jumping on Joel. I know that this is going to reach people and make a difference. So we're grateful for your time, my friend. And grateful for you. Thanks for 
you know, rescheduling for today. I know in the past we, we both canceled and, you know, I, I really would love to chat more about data and how it drives and, and your platform. You know, I use the Aura Ring. I use your platform. I connect. Uh, I'll share next time. Maybe I have a spreadsheet. I should be a little bit. So I have a spreadsheet where I track all of my labs. It's I a had a spreadsheet. Lab. That was, yeah. that was heads up health version 1.0 was a spreadsheet. I'm like, yeah. this, this sucks. How do we fix? <laughs> yes, exactly. And you've, you've, you've taken that so well. And I don't only need a spreadsheet. Now I have everything on your dashboard, both on my phone, both on the web. So thank you for what you're doing. It's making life so much easier. Well, tangentially, we spoke to one of your colleagues a while ago, Mark, and he, he wants us to build in some of the um, scores, mm-hmm. the assessments into, yep. the, into the app. So we're specking that out as we speak where you'll be able to overlay some of these, um, is it the uh, SCCAI? There's, there's a couple scores for, for Crohn's yeah. and colitis. Yeah, so CDAI, the Crohn's Disease Activity Index. Yeah, so th- there's an actual numerical value assigned there. So um, we're, we're starting to look at how we spec that out into the product so that it can be available and then cross-reference with other things like blood sugar or HRV or, or whatever the case might be. So we're, um, we're in the early days there, but it's coming. Okay. Wonderful. That's really great. And one thing I want to share is you asked about data before. So my last hospital stay was due to just this ridiculous pain. And I wasn't tracking the aura ring as much as I could have. And I wasn't on heads up health at that time. So it wasn't as easy. And looking back, once I got to the hospital and started doing more, had more time to relax, wasn't in pain as much, my body temperature spiked. Yeah, that's a good indicator. Good yeah. indicator that there was an infection going on and wow. I would have probably acted faster than... I had an abscess, basically. I had a fixed yeah. abscess, yeah. which I think it was cool because I got a picture of me doing a headstand with my drain bags. That's a pretty badass picture. It is. Um, that's, that's a Tinder profile pic right there, my friend. <laughs> I'm right on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But just, I mean, if, the, if I would have known that that was something I should be looking for and used your dashboard, I would have tracked that and saw the spike. And I'm like, oh, got to treat this infection and not try and fight it with every other painkiller that I had. Yep. But it's a whole different you know, uh, methodology and how to fight that. Well, that's why we're trying to stitch it all together. It's, uh, we're, we're still in the building phases as well. So uh, we make progress every single day, but I'm um, trying to provide something a little more sophisticated to pull all this information together and um, have some data. To, to guide decisions. So um, a lot more we can talk about on the heads up side. So this was good for um, chat number one with uh, yeah. with Joel and uh, get you back to your day. Thanks, man. It was a great Thanks, chat. Okay. Same. Thank you for listening to Data Driven Health Radio. 